Well, good morning, everybody. It's really good to see you all here today, and thank you very much for coming out to be, be with us in Dundonald Elam Church today. It's always good to look out and to see visitors. I can see a whole row, actually, of people who are visiting us here today, and you're especially welcome. And we, we, we know that the people around you and others will make you feel very, very welcome. And it's just to put out to you all as well that over the next number of weeks, we are going to be mentioning more about uh, membership in the church here and people taking that step up to become part of the fellowship here and, and the vision in Dundonald Elam Church. And we know that a number of you have already expressed interest in that. So over the next while, we will make mention of a lunch or a dinner maybe, or one of those that we'll do for people interested in that. But if you are, come and speak to Davy or myself or someone in the leadership because we'd love to, to register your name. There's no commitment with that, but that you'd like to come and hear more about what it is to be a member of this church, and that would be wonderful. Now today, as, as Davy mentioned earlier, is the start of a, a new series that we're running over the next number of Sunday mornings called God Is. And as you can see on, on the screen behind me, it says God is dot, dot, dot. And every Sunday morning, we're going to try to fill in those dots by looking at different characteristics of God, who he is. And we're really excited about this course because it has the potential to change our lives. I'm going to mention that a little bit later on. It has the potential to change our lives as we catch this greater vision of who God actually is. Now, come on, church. Let me hear it. Is anybody up for God changing their lives? Absolutely. Of course we are. I'd have been devastated if nobody had said yes. No matter where we feel we are in our relationship with God, every one of us who is a Christian has that deep desire in their heart to want to know God more. Of course we do. Now, calling a series God Is means that we are starting from the place of belief in God, that God is. We're not going to use these talks to try and explain or, or prove the existence of God. We're starting from a place of belief and fully understand there may be some people here who are not fully at that place or are not fully sure about who God is or his existence even. But we're starting from the point of God is because we believe he has revealed himself to us. Whenever we look at the, the beauty of creation, it is natural for us to believe there is a God who wonderfully and intricately set everything in creation in order. Psalm 19 verse 1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. When we look at things like morality, it is natural for us as Christians to believe that morals did not just appear or evolve, that they came from somewhere. We believe God. We believe the Bible is special revelation of God to us. And we also believe that the special revelation of Jesus shows us that this is a God who is not just out there, but one who is really interested in us and wants a relationship with us. So if you're not at the same point in terms of belief, we do encourage you to keep journeying with us and pray that as we open up the special revelation of God's word, that the Holy Spirit will reveal God's reality to you too. As I said, we are excited about this series because of the impact it can have upon each and every one of us. You see, a bigger view or revelation of God will change our lives. 
A bigger view or revelation of God will change our lives. Our conviction of God will determine our conduct. Our conviction of God will determine our conduct, the way we live. If our lives are no different to the people who are living around us in the world, I'm not saying they're all bad people, but if our lives are no different, it's because our conviction of God is small. It's because our conviction of God is small. In fact, there are some Christians who have such a small vision of God that they might as well be living like atheists. The bigger God is to us, the more our lives will change. And today's theme is God is love. But before that, I want to mention another God is, which is this. Our God is awesome. And if this series can open up our hearts and minds to catch that greater vision of God, it will change our lives. And here's the greatest change it can make for us. That this series brings us to a fresh place of humility before God and a fresh place of worship in how we live our lives. That's the change we're praying for in every single one of our lives. That we come to a place, a fresh place of humility before God and worship before him because true knowledge of God brings true humility. It should not puff up. It should not make us proud. True knowledge of God brings humility because the bigger God gets, the smaller we become. And in the awesomeness of who he is, we become more humble before him. In the Old Testament, the idea of humility is one of being made low. It's an idea of being made low. And the highest place that we should ever find ourselves as Christians is bowed low at the feet of God. The highest place we should ever find ourselves as Christians is bowed low at the feet of God. So as we understand the awesomeness of God, it should humble us. Because we realize that we can never fully grasp or understand him. As we were thinking about in the, the song we just sang together. No matter how big God is to us, he is infinitely bigger. He is awesome. No one, the Bible says, can compare with God. No one or nothing is his equal. He is awesome in majesty, awesome in power. He is magnificent, supreme, and immense. He is every awesome adjective in our language and infinitely more. He's the awesome creator. He's the awesome sustainer of all things. He knows everything. He is everywhere. He has all power. He is incomparably great. The Bible tells us the heavens cannot contain our God. <laughs> He's the only one to whom angels bow awesome beyond our comprehension. If we think we know everything about God today, God help us. Because what we have done is we have reduced the unlimited one to an idol in our limited minds. Let this series not puff us up with knowledge, but let it bring us to a fresh place of humility before this awesome God and worship of him. So in everything we do, let's put awesome before it in this series, that God is awesome in love, awesome in holiness, awesome in being a refuge, awesome in salvation, and awesome in his faithfulness to us. He's so much more. And the hope is that this series will inspire us to want to keep learning about God 
in our own quiet times, in whatever those look like, that we keep growing because a growing revelation of God who is I above all things means that we will keep humble and in a place of worship before him. A bigger view of God will change our lives. So folks, let's open up our hearts to his precious word. If you have a Bible with you, please turn to 1 John. And we're going to read 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. This is the inspired and authoritative word of God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He or she who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. And we know that God will add his blessing to that reading from his word. Folks, all around us, we can see songs, we read poems, and to see an endless pursuit of love. One of the highest aspirations we have as humans is to be loved, and people look for it everywhere. The world is in love with love. However, often there can be little evidence of it, and that's partly because it's a very mixed up word and it has lots of different meanings. It can mean everything from an empty, lots of love on a text to a deep and meaningful, I love you, or sadly, I don't love you anymore. And we all know that kids can be very insightful and I looked up some quotes from kids about love. Carrie, aged five, says, love is a girl putting on perfume and a boy putting on aftershave so they can go out and smell each other. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Danny, age seven, says, love is when mummy makes hot chocolate for daddy and takes a sip or two just to make sure it's okay. And Lauren, aged four, says, my sister always loves me because she gives me her old clothes before going and buying new ones. <laughs> The funny as those comments are, the kids actually give great insight. Because what they say helps us understand the heart of why there's little evidence of love in the world. Because innocently, the kids show how worldly love is selfish to the core. Worldly love is selfish to the core. Whether it be perfume to make a boy like a girl, hot chocolate to get a sip or two, or getting new clothes, love selfishly revolves around me, me, me. What I can get, what I can do, what I can achieve, what I can feel. Of course, as we get older, we make love more complicated than kids do. But keep selfishness at the heart of it by equating love with sex or our feelings. And, and that can, of course, lead to so much destructive pain and behavior. So when we think about God's love, we're thinking about true love. Many of you know that the, the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. And up on the screen, you'll see 
the, the Greek words that describe different types of love. There is storge, which is love between parents and children. Eros, which is romantic love. Filio, which is love between friends or pets and their owners. But the word for love in much of the New Testament that we're all familiar with is agape. Agape. Agape is the ultimate, highest level, and noblest form of love. It is the ultimate, highest level, and noblest form of love. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Agape is the most excellent way. Agape is different to all other types of love because it's not selfish. It's not all about what we can get, but actually, as we'll hear this morning, it's all about what we can give. Agape is a choice we make. It's a choice we make. A determined act that wants the very best for others, no strings attached. I'll repeat that. Agape is a choice we make, a determined act to want the very best for others, no strings attached. It's unconditional love. It'll do anything irrespective of the cost. It'll suffer inconvenience, discomfort, and as we'll hear, even death. Agape has many great qualities, and I want to mention three that are going to come up on the screen. Firstly, agape is all about giving and action. Secondly, agape seeks the highest good for others, no matter what their response. And thirdly, agape always forgives and does not keep score. It is the ultimate, highest level, and noblest form of love. And the next slide has all three of those descriptions together. And I give these examples, folks, because they importantly connect agape with God. They importantly connect agape with God. First John 4, verse 8, that we just read out together, interestingly, not only tells us that God loves us, it also says God is love. It is his nature. Love did not find its origin at creation. Love was not an emotion or feeling that, that God invented whenever he created us. Love has always been because God is love. It's the way he is. And by getting to know God more, as we all want, what will happen there is we will learn more about love that holds nothing back. Love that knows no limits. Love that is unspeakable, unending, unselfish, and unconditional. Because God is love. We can't get to know God better and not understand that revelation of who he is. He is love. And Jesus can help us see and almost visualize what the love of God is because he is the personification of God's love. So what we're going to think about is these three examples of agape and how they let us see today that Jesus is the purest form of agape because he is God, and then see how this revelation of love challenges us because it does. Big time. Firstly, agape is all about giving. First John 4 verse 9 that we read together says, in this the love of God was manifested towards us that God sent or gave his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Love is giving God gave his son. 
Love is all about action. Romans 5 verse 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If agape is all about giving an action, well, then Jesus is its purest form because he is God. And God is love. Secondly, agape seeks the highest good and consideration for people, no matter what their response. Jesus spent time on earth doing good, helping, healing, and bringing hope to people, knowing what their response to him would be especially at the cross. Yet he still reached out to them. Let me explain. Jesus poured his love into the disciples for three years, knowing that they would flee when soldiers came to arrest him. Jesus healed the paralyzed man, lowered to him through a roof, knowing that man would not be there when soldiers would punch, kick, spit upon and beat him. He healed the Roman centurion's servant, knowing that the centurion would not be there to order soldiers to stop whipping him and leaving his back like a plowed field. He still healed the ungrateful lepers, knowing that none of them would come to say thank you. But not only that, but knowing that none of them would show loyalty to him when he had a crown of thorns pierce his head. When 4,000 people and then later 5,000 people at another occasion came to Jesus looking for food, he didn't become incensed and not feed them because he knew that none of them would stand around the cross at his most needy hour. In fact, he knew that nearly everyone he healed and brought hope to would not be standing at the cross because only a few stood at the cross when the Son of God died for the sins of the world. I wonder were there any people Jesus healed and he knew that they would stand in the crowd and shout for Barabbas. And when asked about him, they would shout, crucify, crucify. If there were, he still would have healed them because agape seeks the highest good and consideration for people irrespective of their response. Jesus died for the sins of the world, knowing that most of the world would reject his love. This is love the world knows little about. And thirdly, agape always forgives and it doesn't keep score. Before Jesus came to the world, he knew Pip. And because God is outside of time, he could see the end of my life from its beginning and he could see how faithless I would be. He could see how often I would stuff up in my life. He could see all of it. Yet in spite of my junk, the Bible tells me that he chose me. He chose me to be his and he still came to die on a cross for my sin. He looks at me and every Christian here today and he sees us as clean, as pure and holy because of what he did for us. Thank God he does not keep score. He always forgives because agape always forgives. Jesus is the purest form of agape because he's God and God is love. God is agape. God loves us. There's no doubt about that. He loves the unlovable. He loves the unlovely. Not because we love him or deserve his love, but because he is love. And folks, this is not some fleeting 
fickle emotion that some people sadly equate with love. That's gone here today and gone tomorrow. This is the greatest love the world has ever seen. It's everlasting. It's true, certain, and secure. So how do we respond to God's love this morning? How do we respond to God's love this morning? We do so biblically. Today's scripture starts with this line, let us love one another. And then it finishes in verse 11 with, beloved, if God so loved us, let us love one another. Do you know, it is really exciting to hear how many of you are talking about church at the moment. People are excited because they feel God is doing something. God is stirring something or preparing us for whatever it is. But folks, we want to share with you, let's not live in the future and what God is preparing us for. Let's appreciate what God is doing in us today. And what we see as a leadership in this church is that God is awakening love in our hearts for him and for each other. He's awakening love in our hearts for him and for each other. And we need to protect this with everything that we have in us. And we need to rely on God for this. Why? Well, because agape is not natural. What is natural is this. We are selfish people to the core. And we need God's help. We need his help. Because agape is a determination of our will to give and show unconditional love to other people, to each other and others. And in other people, we have to include there those we find it hard to connect with. People in work, people at home, people here, people who may be worshiping in another church today. And I want us to think about this, not only about each other, but also the people we really struggle with in life. Because if we're serious about wanting to follow Jesus and serious about wanting to be like him, well then we need to show agape love. We need to love like Jesus loves. It is unconditional love. And we need God's help. Let's think about this. Agape is all about action. But how do we lovingly act towards God? 1 John 5, 3 tells us biblically, this is love for God, keep his commands. This is love for God, keep his commands. Agape is a determined motivation to action, folks. Can we leave here today motivated to go and read God's word more and, and put it into action? Because the Bible says that is love for God. Keep his commands. How do we act and show love to each other? Biblically, we put each other first. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, considers others as being better than ourselves. That's not natural. We are selfish people to the core. That's natural. So we need God's help. Agape forms the foundation for the best human relationships possible. Agape forms the basis and foundation for the best human relationships possible. Because agape is what keeps marriages together. Because the phrase, I don't love you anymore, has got nothing to do with agape. 
It's got nothing to do with the unconditional, self-sacrificing love that puts other people first and sees them as more important than us. We need God's help. Agape love seeks the highest good for people, no matter what their response. This is loving like Jesus loves. And Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Agape gives to the people who ignore us. It gives to the people who belittle us. It gives to the people who wind us up. It gives to the people we're jealous of. Agape seeks the highest good for them, irrespective of their response. We keep loving like Jesus loves. This is not natural. We need God's help. Agape wants to serve others in love. John 15, 13, Jesus says, greater love is no one than this to lay down their life for their friends. Whoa, but Agape goes further than our friends. It reaches those we don't know. Agape will meet the needs of others before the wants of self in the way that we seek to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked and to love our enemies, serve and lay down our lives. Agape asks us to go further than even those we don't know and love our enemies. Like good Samaritans, we love those that we find it easier to hate. This is not natural and we need God's help. And this is the revelation of God's love to us. And it also says that we forgive and we don't keep score with people. We're to love as Jesus loved. And I want to show just how off the mark we can sometimes be with agape, but I want to do it for a reason. 1 Corinthians 13 is probably the most famous description of agape love in Scripture. And I want to read part of it, but before I do that, I want you to put that person in your head that you find it hardest to love. I want you to put that person in your head that you find it hardest to love. Again, it may be someone at home, at school, at college, university, someone here, someone we're jealous of, somebody who's badly hurt us. Why? Because if we're to show agape love, we are to shower that person who's in our minds at the moment with love. And I want you to think about them with every description of agape. And as I read out, every time I read the word love, I want you to put into your mind your name, okay? So instead of love, it'll be Pip. And I want you to think, do I show this to that person? Because this is what it costs to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is real stuff. This is when we realize it's tough and we need God's help. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. Love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. How easy we find it to get angry. Love is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Is that the love we can shower on people we hate? Or find easier to hate? I read that out because in our strength, this is completely impossible. Because we're so fallen. So once again, when it comes to God's awesome love, and loving is Jesus' love. That's not natural. We need God's help. Do you know, at the start of this talk, I said, are we, I say we're really excited about this course and how a bigger view or revelation of God can change our lives. I asked, are we up for God changing our lives? And we all whooped and cheered and everything, and that was great. We thought about how awesome God is and how he is awesome in love. And I also said that a greater revelation of God will bring us to a deeper place of humility and worship and I pray that as we look at agape, it will do that. It will humble us and bring us to a place of worship as we seek to live it out through action and giving, through seeking the highest good for others, irrespective of their response, and by forgiving and not keeping score. God is love. Love is the crowning fruit of the Holy Spirit. All the other fruit of the Spirit hang upon love upon agape. We need to show this in our lives. And what a witness it would be to the world all around us if we could live this love out. A world that is starved and confused about love. Surely us living out agape will draw people to Jesus because he is agape. God is love. May God bring us to a fresh place of humility as we see our need of him and, and a fresh place of worship as we desire to live our lives for him, as I have loved you, Jesus said, so you must love one another. The band are going to join me in the stage. I'm going to ask us to stand just to try and give us a few minutes to process what we've been thinking about. Let's all stand together. And let's close our eyes. God's word's not to tickle our ears. It's his inspired word to change our lives. As we keep our eyes closed, one line that I repeated purposely the whole way through the talk was this is not natural. We need God's help. This is so true, especially when we see the height, the breadth, the depth of God's love. It's a love we're called to show to others. In a minute, we're going to sing two great anthems about God's love. And we're going to lift the roof of this place together and go into this week trusting God that he will help us to live out his truth. But first, please let's think about what we've been saying today regarding love. And even just in your own words, just humble. Let's humble ourselves before God. Please now bring that person who you struggle with back into your mind. And please have the courage. I don't minimize how difficult this, this might be for some. But can we ask God to help us show agape love to that person or to those people?
ask God for his help, friend. Let's commit today to understanding God's love more. Tell God you want to know him more and open his word this week and understand it more. Because the more we know of God, the greater the revelation, the more it will change our lives. Please, just in the quietness, just ask God now to baptize you afresh with Calvary love. To immerse us today, dear God, with Calvary love. Father, Father, we need you. We stand here in our absolute weakness thanking you for your glorious strength, thanking you that you are awesome, that you can take every bit of our weakness, Lord, and show your power. And so, Lord, we pray that there's something in your word has touched our hearts today that's challenged us. Give us the strength we need, Lord, to go from here and to put that into action. God loves us, folks. He loves us, he loves us, he loves us. And his love completely accepts us the way we are today. So these two anthems of praise, let's lift the roof. Let's worship him. Let's give him our absolute best. And let's go into this week depending on him and just say, God, help me to show your love. Amen, church? Amen. Let's worship him together.